0: Welcome to another edition of Wrestling Highlights of the Week, presented by G2. I am your host, G2, and I will be covering this on this week's episode, Raw, SmackDown, Impact Wrestling, and NXT. I will be covering AEW Wrestling tomorrow on my Sunday episode, because I want to get this week's uh, full highlights out to you today, this Saturday morning. Because yesterday, on Friday afternoon... WWE release more cuts they release more people and I will be getting into the, the people that they release at the end of the episode because I found one person like intriguing to me not because of his like superstar level but because of his backstage with one person in particular that's been on television who was on television real recently matter of fact who was on television Monday night but I'll get into that in a after I get after I read off these uh, highlights for you, it starting with Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw started off with MVP and Bobby Lashley in their VIP lounge, and the main point of that was the gloat about how Bobby beat Drew McIntyre at Hell in the Cell in the main event. And now Drew McIntyre cannot get a number one contender shot. He can't fight Bobby Lashley anytime for the WWE Championship, aka Drew's. At the back of the line forever until Bobby is no longer the WWE Champion. They get interrupted by the New Day. And Kofi and Xavier come down there with a carton full of toast. And they were trying to play off the words like, okay, here's a toast for Bobby and MVP for pulling off this master plan of screwing Drew. And now Bobby is still WWE Champion. And they were just mocking Lashley so much to the fact that Kofi straight up, just tells him, hey, yo, since you no longer have no challenges, I want next for the WWE Championship at Money in the Bank. I want next. And Lashley just grabs the mic and says, you know what, fine, screw it. I got it. Me and you. Me and you. You got, you got your match at Money in the Bank. That's fine. And then MVP grabs the mic and starts berating Kofi, but not really berating. He berates Xavier, saying Xavier's dead weight to Kofi. He's been telling Kofi for weeks now that Xavier's dead weight and that as long as Xavier's around, Kofi will no longer be able to achieve the heights that he did achieve in 2019 whenever he won the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Xavier grabs the mic and was really offended by this, and he tells MVP and Lashley, reads off his accolades, what he has done and how he is... Basically here to now challenge Bobby Lashley to a match in the main event tonight, but inside Hell in a Cell. And MVP is so, like, confused by the decision that Xavier wants to have this match, and he's starting to get on the mic and he's about to say, Man, that's the most dumbest idea that you want to have. No, Bobby's not about to do it. And before he even gets out the no, Bobby's about not going to, Lashley grabs the mic and say, Screw it. You got your match. Hell in a Cell tonight. Me and you. Fine. And MVP is looking at Lashley like, you just went through Hell in the Cell last night with Drew McIntyre. And now you're about to go through it again with Xavier Woods. What are you doing? What are you doing? And Lashley tells him, I got this. Believe me, I got this. So that was the end of that segment. And after that segment, you had the first qualifying match for the Money in the Bank. And it was Ricochet going against AJ Styles. Ricochet... Beat AJ Styles by pinfall. He catched him in a catching code breaker. And during the match, the Viking Raiders came down to beat down on Omas. And Omas was able to get the upper hand on him until he tries to spear both Viking Raiders through uh, the barricade, in which that fails. And the Viking Raiders move out the way. And Omas goes through the barricade. And that caused AJ Styles to get a distraction. And then he was about to hit the Phenomenal Forearm. But then he got caught by the code breaker from Ricochet ricochet won the match now ricochet has now been added into the money in the bank match at money in the bank the next match that happened was another money in the bank qualifier it was naomi and oscar beating eva marie and the newly named dewdrop formerly known as piper nixon the woman that beat naomi last week of Monday Night Raw and before the match happened they had a backstage segment between Eva and Drop now and an interviewer Eva Marie talked about how last week yes we all know she was supposed to fight and debut again on WWE and but she had a chip nail and her protege decided to step up and the interviewer asked her okay what's your protege's name and the protege was trying to like mime out her name Uh, not mime out but like silently say her name out like Piper Piper and even Marie said her name is Dewdrop. and as soon as she said that Piper had a look on her face like that is the most dumbest name ever to call me but she went with it and during the match coming to the end Dewdrop was doing all the hard work and doing everything she put Asuka down she hit her with a power move, and then Eva Marie wanted to get the pin, and she tagged herself in and Drop wasn't happy about that, and she just stood on the apron. Eva tries to get the pin, she gets the one, two, Oscar kicks out, and she's about to tag right back out, not trying to fight. Drop drops off the turnbuckle, not off the turnbuckle, off the corner, and just stood there and said, no, you got this, you can go ahead and handle it. And Eva Marie is just so confused, and that allows Asuka to get the roll up on Eve Marie and get the one two three. So now, with that winning hat, with that happening, Oscar and Naomi are now in the women's Money in the Bank match at Money in the Bank. After this match, you had Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville have call out Rhea Ripley and Charlotte to the ring. They discuss the ending of their match at Hell in a Cell, with Rhea Ripley getting herself disqualified. And they told Rhea Ripley and Charlotte that they will be running this match back at Money in the Bank for the Raw Women's Championship. That was the shortest condensed version of that segment. After this segment, you had another Money in the Bank qualifying match. It was John Morrison going against Randy Orton. And John Morrison beat Randy Orton by pinfall by hitting the Starship Pain. During the match, Orton got distracted by Riddle because Riddle was chasing down MVP. Not MVP, but The Miz. And... Morrison was able to take advantage of that by hitting a forearm to Randy and then uh, hitting the Starship Pain, which got him to 1-2-3. After this match, you had another Money in the Bank qualifying match with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss beating Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler by pinfall when Nikki Cross getting the small package roll-up on Shayna Baszler to qualify themselves into the Money in the Bank qualifier. So on the women's side for Money in the Bank, representing Raw, it is now Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, Naomi, and Asuka. And on this episode of Raw, Nikki Cross debuted a new look that she is basically wearing. She's wearing a superhero style costume. The colors are blue and yellow. She has a uh, mask on her face but like only a mask that covers up her eyes but she can see through it and it's a blue mask it looks cartoonish but she the idea behind the costume is that you could do anything you want you're just like a butterfly a butterfly starts from a caterpillar a small thing that has to build up into a cocoon and it turns out something beautiful basically say you can do anything in this planet that you want you just got to believe yourself and do the hard work and you go come out being beautiful and doing whatever you want to do that's her character and her motive for dressing up like this superhero so anyway raw side of the month women's money in the bank is naomi oscar nikki cross and alexa bliss we have to find out who else will be on the woman's side of the money in the bank on smackdown at least one participant after this match, you had Riddle beating Drew McIntyre by roll-up to get himself into the Money in the Bank uh contract match at Money in the Bank. So now on Raw's side for the men's Money in the Bank call men Money, Money in the Bank match, it the representative for Raw are Riddle, Ricochet, and John Morrison. And next week of more Raw. There will be a triple threat match, a last uh, chance to get yourself into the Money in the Bank match. And in this triple threat, it will be Randy Orton going against AJ Styles, going against Drew McIntyre. That's what you have to wait next week to see who's going to be the final entrance for the Raw Men's uh, Money in the Bank match. And in the main event of Raw was the Hell in a Cell match between Bobby Lashley and Xavier Woods. And Lashley beat Xavier Woods by submission by putting him in the Hurt Lock. And Xavier Woods tapped out. Xavier Woods put up a good fight. He went, He did the Rey Mysterio method on, from last uh, week on SmackDown. He went outside, started going out and trying to get weapons and try to lay into Lashley, which he was able to do. But it just wasn't good enough, and Lashley put him in the Hurt Lock, and Xavier was tapped out. MVP got into the Hell in the Cell after the match, but he locked himself inside the Hell in the Cell with Lashley and Xavier Woods. Kofi couldn't get inside the Hell in the Cell to save his buddy from being released from the Hurt Lock. Lashley kept on that Hurt Lock on Xavier Woods, and Kofi was trying to get into the Cell... He tried to squeeze himself through the door. He couldn't do it. So the only thing he had to do was watch it, just try to scream at Lashley MVP to let Xavier go, and they wouldn't do it. Xavier was screaming out in pain while MVP was taunting Kofi by saying, this is your friend. You can't do nothing about this. You have to watch and Ag, watch as your friend is being brutalized by the almighty Lashley. And that was the last final scene that you saw on Monday Night Raw, Lashley just applying and pressure on Xavier Woods inside the hurt lock while Kofi was standing there and he couldn't do nothing about it. Now on NXT, Adam Cole comes out and he said he wasn't going to fight anyone. He wasn't going to play Regal's game of saying that you had to fight somebody. Adam Cole said that I got a match in two weeks against Kyle O'Reilly. And now says Samoa Joe's here on NXT. I'm supposed to play by their rules now. No, I'm still Adam Cole. I can do whatever I want. I'm not fighting nobody. He tells the NXT universe, you guys should be lucky that you have seen Adam Cole for tonight, but I'm about to leave. And out comes Carmelo Hayes, formerly Christian Casanova on the independent circuit. He comes out and he tells Adam Cole that you're not going to fight, huh? I'm going to change your mind. Adam Cole tells him, okay, how are you going to change my mind? And Carmelo hits Adam Cole with the old uh, John Cena uh, saying, ruthless aggression. John Cena said ruthless aggression whenever he made his debut on SmackDown 2002 against Kurt Angle. And that changed John Cena's whole course. So I can see what they're trying to do with Carmelo Hayes by doing this against Adam Cole. Adam Cole's an experienced guy on NXT. He's been to the top, and he's been at the top for four years at NXT. So by bringing in a young upstart guy that the internet and people in NXT have some high hopes about and putting them with a match with a guy like Adam Cole that could raise his stock, that is great marketing for Carmelo Hayes. So Adam Cole and Carmelo Hayes have their match, and... It's a great, solid match, but you know it's about to happen. Adam Cole gets the win by hitting the Panama Sunrise on Carmelo Hayes and gets the 1-2-3 on Carmelo Hayes. After this match, you had Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory come out, and they cut a promo, and Gargano is basically saying that he's next in line for the NXT Championship, he's saying that Cross. Is not that good in the ring. He's nowhere near Johnny Gargano. He's not the man that NXT needs to represent this brand. He is. And out comes Pete Dunn and Orny Lorkin. Pete Dunn grabs the mic and tells Johnny to shut up. And that if anybody's going to go against Cross next, it's going to be me. And you get Johnny Gargano and uh, Austin Theory exit out of the ring because they say, you know what, we're good citizens. We're not going to cause any chaos and trouble for Regal and Joe. We're going to leave out of the ring and show everybody that we are good citizens. And Gargano leaves out of the ring and Theory leaves out of the ring. But Theory stays on the turnbuckle, stays on the apron and talks smack to Dunn, saying that Johnny Gargano is the next man in line for the championship. You're not. And he just starts flapping his gums and Pete Dunn grabs Austin Theory's uh, fingers, and he snaps him, and Gargano turns around after he hears a snap, and you hear Austin yelling, and Gargano is holding Austin and telling him, okay, that's all right, we'll go to the back, and we'll go to the back, and Pete Dunne and Arnie norkins just in the ring, and Pete looks at Orny, and he just shrugs his shoulder like, eh, and Gargano goes to the back, he finds Regal in his office, and he tells Regal that you should do something about Pete Dunne, and he's trying to say some old Joe needs to go out there, and handle Pete Dunne, and yada, yada, yada. But however, when Regal tells Gargano that, you know what, something's going to be done about this. You, in theory, are going to go against Pete Dunne and Only Lorcan, and it's going to happen tonight. And Gargano is so frustrated about this, he's not happy, but him and Theory leave out of the, uh, uh, Regal's office, and the tag team match does happen later in the night. After that segment, you had Io and Zoe Stark beating Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea by pinfall. Whenever Io Shirai hit her moonsault on Jesse Kamea, and after the match, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai comes out, and Candice LeRae and E Heartwell comes out, and they're surrounding the ring of Eos Shirai and Zoe Stark, and Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez tells Eos Shirai in. Zoe, that they're not the next women in line. Raquel and Dakota Kai are the next women in line for those NXT women's tag team titles. And as they're talking on the smack, Shashi Blackheart and Ember Moon comes out from the main entrance down the ramp and they start talking, saying that they beat Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez last time they were in a match together and that they are the next women in line for those NXT women's tag team titles. And as they're walking down the ring, they say, you know what? I think they forgot who runs this uh, tag team division. And they say, oh, "We want to show them who runs this? And Ember Moon and Chassis runs into the ring. And Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez runs inside the ring. And they start brawling with Zoe and Eos Rai. And it's a big three-way brawl in that ring while Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell are just standing in the back outside the ring, watching as all this chaos ensues. After this happens, you have the tag team match between Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory and Pete Dunne and Ornie Lorcan. Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory beat Pete Dunne and Oni Lorcan by pinfall whenever Johnny Gargano hit the final beat on Ornie Lorcan. And the final beat is basically a a springboard inside the ring DDT on Oney Lorcan. And he pinned only Larkin to get to one through three. After the match, Johnny Gargano is celebrating. The fans are excited and cheering Johnny. Johnny and Cross comes out from nowhere and forearms Gargano in the back of the head. So this sets up Gargano being the next man in line for Cross to defend that NXT title. After this happened, uh. Cross walks up the ramp, and he goes backstage, and he starts walking backstage, and he meets up with Samoa Joe, and Cross tells him, hey, I'm not touching you. You can't do nothing to me, so I would like you to move out of my way. Samoa Joe moves out of his way, and Cross walks out while Joe is watching Cross walk out of the building. He turns right back around, and Pete Dunne is standing right in front of Joe. And Joe gets himself in a nice, authoritative stance, and him and Pete Dunne just have a mean stare-off against one another. So this is another match that should be setting up down the line with Samoa Joe going against Pete Dunne. So this can elevate Pete Dunne's stock, and if anything, bring Samoa Joe back into the ring and let everybody know that Samoa Joe still is that guy in the ring. After that happens, you have Frankie Monet have her match against Electra Lopez. And it was a quick match. It was a quick. No, no, it wasn't quick. It was a nice, good little match. But you know what this match was about. It was still to uh, hype up Frankie Monet. Frankie Monet gets the win by hitting uh, the glam slam on Electra Lopez to get the one, two, three. But like I said, it was a nice little. Match between the two, but Frankie Monet got the win, and this match was nothing but just to ri- Rise the stock of Frankie Monet. After this match, you had Top Dollar and Ashanti the Adarnas representing Hit Row going against Ever-Rise. And Ashanti the Adarnas and Top Dollar beat Ever-Rise by hitting the tag team uh, their tag team finish of a powerbomb neckbreaker combination, and they got the win on EverRise. Like I said, and this was another match that just basically uh, is to put a shining light onto Hit Row being the newest uh, group in NXT, being these guys that you want to look out for and have your eyes on because Hit Row consists of Isaiah Swerve Scott, Top Dalla, Ashanti Adidas, and Beef. No, 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 not being famous. is a girl named B in the group i'm sorry i don't know her name oh b fab i'm sorry there it is ashanti diegadonis top dollar b fab and isaiah swerve scott Hero. this whole group is just basically wanting to grab gold assert their dominance and let you know that we're here that's all this tag team match was and after that you had your main event of the mat evening tyler riley going against kishida and it was a nice solid back and forth match. It lasted about a good 20 minutes. They had a nice they had a nice good amount of time for this. And Kyler O'Reilly beat Kushida by pinfall by hitting him up with a roll-up after the match. Kyler O'Reilly and Kushida, they hugged it out. They were uh just so happy that they got to do this match and brought and do and just have this match. And then as soon as they got done hugging, Kyle O'Reilly looked at a the corner of his eye, and he saw Adam Cole coming, not coming out, but just in the ring, and they just start fighting against one another. Kyle and Adam just start fighting and hitting one another and everything else. And Mojo comes out and separates the two. He has security, takes those two out of the building and everything else. And the camera flashes back to inside the ring, and you see inside the ring somebody beating up on Kushida. And there's a guy in a black hoodie wearing black athletic pants as well, and then you see another guy wearing a hoodie and black athletic pants come inside the ring, and then you see another guy with a black hoodie and black athletic pants come inside the ring, and you see one of the guys hit Kashida with a inverted uh, front uh, slam, and he takes his hood off, and it's Roderick Strong, and this is Roderick Strong and Tyler Rust and a guy named and Suzuki, these guys are Diamond Mind. The vignettes that have been playing for the past month, month and a half at least, of a group of a person named Diamond Mind that we all thought, in professional wrestling term on the internet, thought, okay, they're going to debut somebody new, or they're going to have Tessa Blanchard, because Tessa Blanchard's whole thing is that she's the Diamond but no, it wasn't Tessa. It wasn't nobody. Technically, new was reintroducing Roderick Strong and his group, now known as Diamond Mind, and now they are managed by Stokely Hathaway. So Diamond Mind consists of uh, Malcolm Bivens. I'm sorry, Stokely Hathaway is Malcolm Bivens, Malcolm Bivens, Roderick Strong, Tyler Rust, and Hendiki Suzuki. That was your last final image on on NXT my standing tall over Kushida and Malcolm Bivens held the Cruiserweight title and he gave it to Roderick and he let him know that Roderick's going after the Cruiserweight title next. So, Kushida will be going against Roderick Strong somewhere down the line. On Impact Wrestling, the first match of the night was Rosemary beating Kiera Hogan by pinfall after hitting the wing clipper. This is a match basically lets the world know that Kiara Hogan and Tasha Steeles will be going against uh Rosemary and Jessica Havoc somewhere down the line. After this match, you had Deanna Perrazzo beat Susan by submission by applying the arm bar. And after the match you had Kimberly try to tell uh Deanna Perrazzo to let go of the arm bar of Susan and pleading with Diana to let her and Susan still be with Deanna, but Diana tells her no, you guys are losers I don't associate myself with losers. I only associate myself with winners. So she lets those two go. After this, you had the tag team match of Rohit Raju and Shira beating Trey Miguel and Petey Williams by pinfall. Rohit Raju hits Petey Williams in the head by uh kicking him in the gut and then running over and hit him with a sliding kick in the head. And that's how he won the match by pinfall after that. After the match, you had a brawl between Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Rohit Raju, Shira, Trey Miguel, Petey Williams, and Josh Alexander. The men that were standing on top after this whole brawl was set and done was Rohit Raju, Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, and Shira. This is the four men, Deadly Alliance, leading up into Slammiversary for the X Division uh, Ultimate X for the X Division title. After this, you had the uh, meeting between Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace. The main point of this was that Jordan Grace was tired of always being the weak link, at least perceived as the weak link in the team of Jordan Grace and. Rachel Ellering, and, Jordan, and Rachel Ellering was trying to tell Jordan, listen, I don't care what people say. You're my partner. I will only want to team with you. I'm sorry that people are constantly calling you the Wink link. I don't feel that you're this way, and da-da-da-da-da. to even has to come out and try to calm cool heads between Jordan, and it leads to Rachel Ellering telling Jordan, hey, listen, I still want to be your tag partner if you still want to be mine. Rachel Ellering, no, not Rachel, but Jordan Grace uh, ends up grabbing the mic and telling Rachel, you know what, I'm going to need some time. I need some time away. So right now, Jordan Grace is on uh, vacation right now. After this meeting, you had Jake something beating Sam Beal by pinfall. After Jake something hit Sam Beal with a black hole slam, and in the main event, you had Violence by Design, which were represented by Joe Doring and Diener beating Eddie Edwards and Kojima by pinfall to retain their Impact Wrestling tag team titles. After Joe Doring hit uh, Kojima with the Revolution Bomb, is basically a spinning power bomb, and he got the one, two, three. Now, the main thing that you need to know and that you will want to watch next week on Impact Wrestling is this three-way match. It's going to be the Good Brothers, which consists of Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows teaming up with the AEW, the AAA and the Impact Wrestling World Champion Kenny Omega to go against Moose, Sammy Callahan and Chris Sabin in the main event of next week's Impact Wrestling. That's the big overarching picture that you need to watch out for next week. Anything with Kenny Omega on it is always a must see, especially if it's in the ring. On promos, yeah, but in the ring, definitely. Kenny always shows out when it's time for him to show out. Especially with triple not triple third, but six man uh tag matches. Him and the good brothers were good as a unit. Now, time for the SmackDown results. It started off with Roman Reigns and Jimmy Uso in Roman Reigns' uh, locker room. And Roman asks Jimmy, okay, where's Jay? And Jimmy tells Roman point blank, listen, I called up uh, Jay and I text Jay and I was able to get in contact with Jay. And Roman said, okay, what'd he say? He said he's not coming back. And you have Roman look flustered. Like, he just said he's not coming back. I took him from being one of the Usos to being... Main event J U so which and then Jimmy has to stop him from going on by saying, Listen, I'm with you. I might not be your B and that's it. that's one of the reasons why Jay probably left. He's not one of your B, but I am down with the family. I'm here to do what needs to be done for the family. Remember, it's all about family. Isn't that right? What you always said, Roman? Roman says, Yeah, it's all about family. But I need Main event Jay Uso. You think you can be main event Jay Uso? You think you can do what Jay has done? I need your brother. And Jimmy tells him, Listen, I'm not Jay, but I can do what needs to be done. And Roman tells him, You say you can do what needs to be done. And Jimmy tells him, Yeah, I can do what needs to be done. And Roman says, Alright. They go out there and prove it. And Jimmy just looks at him confused but he's like all right, cool. I'll go out there and prove it. And he leaves out of the room. And the first match of the night for SmackDown was Bailey and Seth Rollins going against Bianca Belair and Cesaro in a mixed tag team match. Bailey and Seth Rollins beat Bianca Belair and Cesaro by pinfall when Bailey hit Bianca Belair with the rose plant and got the one, two, three. So now this is setting up. For Bailey to more than likely get one more title opportunity at Bianca Belair. And I guarantee you, it's more than likely going to be at Money in the Bank. That's where, if anything, they're heading with this. After this match, you had the crowning of Shinsuke Nakamura to be the king of WWE since he beat Baron Corbin last week. And he comes out for his crown coronation. And he's out in his all white attire. And his white attire looks fresh, I'm not going to lie. I don't usually do white uh, clothing apparel. I don't usually like white. My people, anybody that knows me, I don't like white unless I'm going somewhere safe that I can't get my stuff, my white dirty. That's always my big, big no-no with white. If you get it dirty, you got to take that mess off quick, get it into the washer, and bleach it to death, or you got to take care of that white just immediately. It's not like black or any other other type of stylistic color clothes that you could just wear anytime. But anyway, getting back to the point, Nakamura came out there, he got crowned, his guy, Eric Boogs, was playing him on the electric guitar and he was just jamming to it. And even Pat McAvee, one of the Smackdown commentators, was getting into it. He's been getting into it for, he's been getting into the uh, electric guitar for a good minute by just enjoying the electric guitar. But this time he got on the announce table and, had the two water bottles and he smashed it stone cold style against one another and he started trying to chug it down quick. So, but that's all for the championship, not championship, but the crowning, the crown ceremony. And even during the crown ceremony, you had, uh, they show a backstage look at Baron Corbin, the former King Corbin, looking at the man who beat him for the crown last week. And Corbin is just so sad and so miserable. And he says, what, what's the point? I've lost my kingdom. I lost my peasants. I, I lost I've, I've lost it. What's the point? So this looks like they're gonna set up for Baron Corbin to be off television for a minute until he gains his uh, courage back. After this coronation, you had Sonya Deville, oh no, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Biggie going against Apollo Cruz for a money in the bank qualifier match. And Biggie beat Apollo Cruz by hitting him with the Big Ending to advance to the Money in the Bank match at Money in the Bank. So now, the on the men's Money in the Bank match it is Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, and Biggie on the men's Money in the Bank. After this, you have Sonya Deville come out and make her decision to introduce the first woman to represent SmackDown on the women's Money in the Bank match, and the first woman that she decides to include is Carmella. Carmella is a former two-time Money in the Bank winner. Carmella comes out and accepts the token of appreciation from Sonya Deville by saying, I'm glad that you put me as the first woman in for the represent SmackDown on the Money in the Bank women's side. And out comes Liv Morgan, the woman that beat Carmella last week. And she even let Sonya Deville know that, hey, I beat Carmella last week on Monday, on uh, SmackDown. How are you giving Carmella the opportunity and not me? And Carmella tells Liv, listen, I'm the hottest woman in WWE. Whenever you're the hottest woman in WWE and you look like me, what else can you do? And Liv says, so I got. what else can I do? And she smacks the taste out of Carmella's mouth. And before those two can even get physical, Liv, not Liv, but Sonya Deville... Runs in between those two and she has her mic in her hand. She tells Liv, listen, I heard what you said and you bring up some valid points, so how about this? If you beat Carmella tonight, I'll put into consideration of you being in the women's la- uh, Money in the Bank match. And this proceeds to Carmella and Liv Morgan to have their one-on-one match. And the winner of that match was Liv Morgan. When well, Liv Morgan was able to uh, roll up Carmella to get the pinfall, one, two, three. So, right now, we're more than likely going to see Liv Morgan added into that Women's Money in the Bank match, but we shall see next week. They didn't announce it officially this week after the match. They should have, in my personal opinion, because that's kind of was like the whole deal for the match to happen, but they didn't do it, so we'll have to see next week. And also, next week on SmackDown will be a one-on-one match between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the Money in the Bank qualifier, but this match will be a last-man-standing match. Yes, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, last-man-standing. The winner of that match will be going into Money in the Bank match. Well, well will have qualified for the Money in the Bank. After this match... You had Jimmy Uso going against Dolph Ziggler. This match was made by the hands of Paul Heyman because Jimmy Uso asked Paul, Listen, Roman told me to go do what main event Jimmy Uso would do. Go do it. And he asked Paul, What does does Roman mean by that? And Paul tells him, Listen, Roman is the head of the table. Your family needs the head of the table, and that's Roman. Your family needs a right hand man. And since Jay's not here, you can be the right hand man right now. And what your cousin needs from you is a win. And he says it so carefully, like, he needs a win. You need a win. And Jamie tells him, I need a win. He said, Yeah, you just need the win. And he says, All right, I'll win tonight. And he tell and Paul says, You want me to make the match for you? And he paused, and uh Jamie tells Paul, Yeah, I need you to make the match for me. And Paul says, okay, cool. But here's the deal. whatever, Whenever I make the match for you, you need to win. And Jimmy says, listen, I'm going to win. You just made the match. And Paul says, all right, good, good, good. Because if you don't, and he just looks at him, and he just taps Jimmy right on the shoulder like, you're in deep crap if you don't win. So Jimmy Uso goes against Dolph Ziggler, and this was a solid match between the two. They told a nice, good story of how Jimmy is not really the main of it—not even the main of it guy, but a singles competitor. He's more of a tag team wrestler guy. While Dolph Ziggler, on the other hand, has so many accolades—former world champion, multi-time Intercontinental and United States champion, and a former Money in the Bank winner—I mean, he has so many accolades. But as being a singles competitor, but while on the other hand, Jimmy Uso is a tag team competitor and doing some on a singles competitor. Uh, side doesn't look good for him but they were able to have a good decent style match and it ends with Jimmy Uso hitting Dolph Ziggler with a super kick and getting a one two three and after the match you see Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns standing at the gorilla position and the gorilla position ladies and gentlemen is where uh, the wrestlers will go to wait until their music gets hit and they go right through the curtain to the main stage. That's basically what Gorilla Position is. Jimmy Uso comes back from behind the curtain. He goes to see Roman and Paul there. Paul is standing there with the biggest smile on his face, like, I knew you could do it. And Roman is just standing there, so stoic. He cracks a little grin, but he just stands still standing there, stoic. And Jimmy is like, Come on, you gotta tell me something, man. You gotta tell me that I do good, do something. And Roman cracks a little a uh, little smile on his face, like on his face, and then he walks out because his music's playing. And Paul's about to follow behind him, and Jimmy's about to follow behind Paul because he's about to go right behind and do the exact same thing his brother did by being the guy always out there with Roman. Paul has to stop him and say, "Hey, listen, you did good for tonight. Just sit back and relax. Just sit back and tonight. Just sit back." And Jimmy just still looks so confused. Like, I did what Roman asked. But Paul like, listen, you did good. You did all right. Just stay back. And next thing you see is Roman out on the main uh, platform, the main entrance stage. And Paul has to run up behind Roman and give Roman his belt so the pyro can go off. And Roman do his whole entrance and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Roman gets into the ring. Paul has the microphone in his hand and this is supposed to be Roman Reigns addressing the Universal uh, Universal Championship situation that's going down. Paul Heyman gets on the mic and he just starts running down everybody that Roman Reigns has beat since he came back last year at SummerSlam. He listed down how The Fiend was here and he beat The Fiend. He listed how Braun Strowman was here and he beat Braun Strowman. He listed how... Edge and Day O'Brien were there and he beat them both and they're both packed somewhere. He listed how he beat Cesaro and Cesaro got packed out and he listed how he beat down both the Mysterios, Ray Mysterios, and Dominic, and now they're sitting up somewhere watching Roman Reigns right now. And he's letting up to this, trying to get to this big announcement of saying, Roman Reigns has something important to tell the WWE Universe. Because it's going to be a big shocker. Like a big thing that has never been done before. And before he could say anything. No. He gives the mic off through Roman. Because Roman has his hand out. And Roman has the mic in his hand. And before Roman can even say anything. Edge's music hits. And you see Roman's eyes bug out. And this is Edge's first time back on SmackDown television since he lost at WrestleMania two months ago. No, no, no. Three months ago. This is his first time on television from three months ago at WrestleMania. And Edge comes out there with the beard. And he looks jacked. And he races down. And him and Roman start fighting in the ring. Just going back and forth. Just throwing hands with one another. And he's... Leads to Roman getting a Superman punch on Edge and he goes outside to grab the chair. Roman gets inside the ring with the chair and he's about to hit Edge with it. Edge pops up and hits a spear on Roman. And now Roman is in the ring, crouching his gut and just in pain and agony. And Edge sees the chair on the ground in the ring and he puts Roman's head right on the chair. So you know that Edge is setting it up for a concerto, and Edge goes to the outside and he grabs another chair. And before Edge can even get inside the, the ring, Jimmy Uso comes running down the ramp inside the ring. He hits uh, Edge in the face, and now Edge and Reg Roman- and Jimmy Uso are outside of the ring just battling one another and just hitting each other. Blah blah blah. And Jimmy Uso was about to throw Edge into the steel. Uh, steps, but Edge moved out of the way and reversed it and whipped Jimmy into the steel steps. Jimmy is curling and hurl- not hurling, but holding his stomach in agony and pain. And Edge spears Jimmy Uso through the barricade. And as this is happening, the camera angle cuts over to Roman standing on the entrance ramp with Paul Heyman watching as all this is going down, and Roman just holding his gut. And you see Roman just uh, making the face that he's in pain. And Edge comes back from uh, outside and gets into the ring. And the camera pans directly into Edge's eyes. And Edge just yells out, Where are you at, Roman? Where are you at? I'm right here. I'm right here. So the last five that you saw on SmackDown was Edge calling out Roman Reigns. So more than likely, at Money in the Bank, you will see... Edge going against Roman Reigns for the Universal title. I don't know how they're gonna make this not even say how they're gonna make it work because Roman makes everything work now, but I'm so in depth in so paying so much close attention to the Roman Reigns storyline that now since he got Jimmy Uso and Jay Uso's technically not coming back right now, how is this gonna work? Because I sense Jay coming back somewhere around money in the bank time. To either screw Roman Reigns or help out Roman Reigns somewhere down the line. I see it. But that's your uh, results from SmackDown. Your results from Impact Wrestling. Your results from NXT. And your results from Raw. Now, let me get into what I promised you. Here are the new cuts of guys that got sacked and fired yesterday. WWE released Fandango. Tyler Breeze. Killian Dane, August Gray, Aria Davari, Tony Nice, The Bollywood Boys, Maria Shafir, Arturo Ruiz, Kurt Stallion, Ever and Tito San Botelli. I am shocked by them releasing Tyler Breeze and Fandango and Killian Dane. Because those three guys are like guys at NXT. I'm not gonna say need because NXT has a lot of people on there, but Tyler Breeze and Fandango have been there for a good bit, and they helped reju- uh, rejuvenize and revitalize the career last year. They won their first tag titles. They won their first championship gold in WWE last year on NXT last year during the pandemic and. The whole wrestling internet community, everybody, at WWE, were happy to see Fandango, sorry, Fandango and Tyler Breeze win their first ever championship, uh, gold, while Killian Damon, on the other hand, he is a guy that people like. He is a worker. He is in a tag team with Drew, uh, not Drew, but Drake Maverick. He was just on NXT television last week going against Shane. Uh, not Shane Strickland. God, his name now in NXT is uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Killian Dame just winning as Isaiah Scott last week or not last week, the week before. I mean, NXT, not NXT, but WWE cutting some people is just weird to me. Their choices. I mean, some of these people on the list, I can get Maria Shafir, She hasn't been on television in a minute, and I mean, a long time. She got screwed in my personal opinion, she should have been with Shayna Baszler, her, and Jasmine Duke. You know, another one that got cut in the last rounds of cutting block. Maria Shafir, Shayna, I mean, Shayna, and Jessamine should have all three been together on the main roster. Maria Shafir and Jasmine Duke should have been like the little... Uh, footies for Shayna Baszler before you get to Shayna Baszler. You got to go to those two before you can get to Shayna. Just like Eric uh, Eric Rowan and Luke Harper were for Bray Wyatt with the Wyatt family. You always need people you got to go through before you get to like the big boss if you want to represent and that's how you always place them on television. Maria Shafir and Jasmine Duke and Shayna Baszler are all MMA experts happened just to transition themselves into professional wrestlers and they could have easily transition their MMA style and made women tap out in the ring if they want to if WWE creative or whoever was creating their idea would have been smart enough and packaged that together they could have packaged it even whenever Ronda Rousey was around because Ronda is friends literally with Shayna Baszler, Maureen Shafir, Jessamyn Duke all four of them are friends. They were known as the 4 Horsewomen women of MMA whenever they will always come up to uh, WWE events as fans. That was their tagline. And you could have had, and everybody was always speculating whenever Shayna Baszler got signed, and there was speculation when Ronda Rousey got signed and he was coming up to WWE that, okay, we might get the four-horse women of NXT going against the four-horse women of MMA. And the four horsewomen of NXT at the time. And the, whenever people say four horse, four horsewomen of NXT, they are consisted of Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. So you would have those four going against Maria Shafir, Jasmine Duke, Shayna Baszler, and Ronda Rousey. That matter those that would have been entertaining. You could have gave Bailey and Becky Lynch. Maria Shafir and Jasmine Duke. You could have gave those two to those two and brought their stock up and teach them more in ring psychology. While Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey would have a win against Charlotte Flair and Becky, not Becky, but uh Sasha Banks. That's how I would have I would have booked that so quick and so easy because it makes it makes a whole lot of sense. But then again, this is a big company that. Does whatever they want to do, but getting off of that, I mean, certain people on this list, it was easy. Let me tell you, I'm not shocked to see go August Gray because I didn't watch 205 that much. Aria Davari, he was on 205, he wasn't on none of the main uh roster uh, television channels like the Raw, the NXT, the SmackDown. So, him getting released wasn't shocking. Tony Nice, another 205 guy. The Bollywood Boys wasn't really shocking. And if you don't know who the Bollywood Boys are, they might you might know them as the Singh Brothers. These were the guys that were with Jinder Mahal whenever Jinder Mahal was having his little title reign in 2017. Yeah, 2017. In the summer of 2017, he was, they were with Jinder Mahal whenever he was the WWE champion. And these guys came down to... 205 Live, and they just start wrestling, and now they're releasing. One of, the, one of the Bollywood boys are injured, so you release one person who was fully healthy, and while the other one is injured. How great of you, WWE. Marina Shafir, yet again, as I said before, she wasn't on television, so I see her being cut. Um, Aruto uh, Ruiz. He got released, I expected that, because you didn't see him the last time you saw him was on uh, WWE uh, Underground, Raw Underground, that they had like last summer in August and September. Kurt Stallion, he was just on NXT, what, three months ago, four months ago? But again, he hasn't been on television, he was only on that television for that one spot, and then you went back to 205 labs. So him getting cut was a shocking ever rise. I'm shocked because they were just on NXT television. Literally just losing to top dollar and Ashanti the Adonis. So them getting released was, yet again, another shocking mess to me. And Tino Samb- Sambatelli... Ah, whatever. I, n- I never saw the guy like that. I never saw him on television, so... There you go. I'm not... He, he should have been geek If anything... Cut them. That's fine. Whatever. You do what you do. It's sad to see people get cut, but if you're going to do it, fine. Do it to people that you haven't seen in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the drift. But Fandango, Killian Dane, and Tyler Breeze, those three I'm shocked about because Killian Dane, as I said before, good worker, big man, and WWE needs all the big men they can get because somehow they're constantly not having big men on the screen, and you need different sizes on your screen. You need to have guys that are big, people that are small, Certain guys that look athletic, certain people that don't look athletic. That what makes WWE and wrestling a whole big variety. And Tyler Breeze and Fandango, they're entertaining guys, they're they just were they were revitalizing their careers in NXT. They could have helped out talent in the back and everything else. As a matter of fact, Tyler Breeze, he was doing up, up, down, down with Xavier Woods on YouTube. They had a show. Battle of the Brands, where they were the general manager for Raw and SmackDown on their uh, little gaming show of when they would play uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2006. They would do GM mode, and Tyler Breeze was the GM of Raw, and Xavier Woods was the GM of SmackDown. This was going on for now a good solid three years they've been doing that, and Tyler Breeze was one of the main guys doing stuff on the up, up, and down, down channel. So now, him being released, that's a whole big shocker because now you just took away a guy that's been doing stuff on your gaming channel. And that was so stupid because Xavier Woods can't do everything. You should have kept Tyler Breeze to at least be like your second in command if Xavier Woods happens to be go off somewhere and you need somebody to take over give it to Tyler Breeze Tyler Breeze knows exactly what he's doing and also Tyler Breeze was also part of a big thing for Up Up Down Down last year and also this year on Uno whenever you had uh Adam Cole Cesaro Xavier Woods and Tyler Breeze all playing Uno and they would play on electronically since they couldn't be around one another because you know COVID um, and they would make so much fun content. They would talk crap to one another. It was it was great to see it. I didn't pay attention to it until like episode five. And then I backtracked it. And I've been watching ever since episode five. And it's, it's disheartening. Because when you see somebody doing so much for a certain company. And then you get released. And then it's so much like why, would, why did I do so much for this company if they were going to release me. Why am I going so hard for this company? If they're just gonna release me. That would that's automatically comes to mind. And right now, everybody's saying is because of the new direction of their new like guy on top, a guy named Nick Khan. And right now, I don't like Nick Khan. Nick Khan has released too many guys, and people keep on saying it because of budget cuts. But by God, WWE, well, money, money problems or whatever. WWE just signed a deal with Peacock worth billions of dollars not millions but billions of dollars and you mean to tell me somehow some way you squandered billions of dollars no you guys got that tucked away somewhere but you guys want to fire these guys that you signed to bigger contracts because two years ago you didn't want all your stars to start trying to jump over to AEW and you start signing independent wrestlers to for money. You try to you just try to keep all the people that you can. And hire new people. Just so niggas won't be going to AEW. That's all you were doing. That's ridiculous. That's not fun. That's not cool. You start releasing. you When you release people last year. You did that because wow. Okay. We're in a pandemic. And uh, there's nobody that would hire you. Because well. There were no independent shows. That's the reason why you started letting go of people last year. Okay, fine. Not fine, fine, but like, eh, you're a douche. But no, you're just you're a douche. But people that got fired last year were able to jump on their feet quick because Impact Wrestling were taking in a whole lot of them. They took in the Good Brothers. They took in Kurt Hawkins. They took in Eric Young. I mean, they got people got took so quick. They even took in Zack Ryder, who's now known as Matt Cardona. I mean, Impact Wrestling took in a lot of those people that got fired last year. And now, you this year, you got people that got fired, and yes, independent shows are coming back on, coming do it. people are doing independent shows, and Impact Wrestling is still able to hire people, you got Ring of Honor that's able to hire people, you got all these other people that are able to hire, but why are you going to fire people that are doing good for your company and other perspectives? Yes, get rid of the people that are not doing anything on television, or even on your own social media platforms, yes, you can get rid of those people, that's fine and dandy, because you at least can say, what have you done for me these past months, but whenever you get rid of people that have done things for you these past months, I have a problem with that, and I think everybody else does have a problem with it too, but that again, that's just my whole thoughts on WWE Slash Nick Con getting rid of people because Nick Con only can suggest it, but this is still Vince McMahon's company at the end of the day. Vince, well, he gave the okay to let go of these people. So hopefully, Triple H, if anything, he pulls Samoa Joe and grabs back Tyler Breeze so he can tell Vince, What are you doing? Letting go of Tyler Breeze, he does things for our social media for the video game site with Xavier Woods. What are you doing? Something. That's what I'm saying just get back to people that are actually worth something. you can keep the people that don't you can let go of people that don't mean nothing to you like the big grand scheme of things that haven't done stuff for you but whenever they have done things for you, bring them back. don't ever fire people that have done things for you. but then again that's just my thoughts on the process that's just me. And now I bid you guys a farewell and adieu. I hope you guys have a great Saturday. Check my podcast out tomorrow, Sunday a topic where I talk about a movie slash documentary called uh There's no I in Threesome. Trust me, you're gonna want to hear this where I had a guest with me and we just kind of just had a chit-chat about the whole uh movie. But anyway, you can find me on Twitter at, at my two podcasts, Instagram, my two cent podcast G2. And if, for, if you just want to talk to me on email, my email is my2centspod at yahoo.com. And remember, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. And uh, that's all I got for you. Enjoy this Saturday. You'll hear from me tomorrow, where I'll also give you AEW results at the top of the Sunday episode. And also, remember, AEW is on tonight, a live edition where the main event is Kenny Omega going against Jungle Boy for the AEW title. Now, with all that being said, this has been my Two Cents podcast, uh, Wrestling Highlights of the Week, presented by G2. I thank you for listening. Bye-bye now. I'm tired. You tag, uh-huh. Jesus wet.